Ich bin Hanna von Deutschland und du hörst im Moment. Ich bin Stefan Solivieri, Professor an der Universität von Toronto. Zu Tracks from Abroad auf CIUT 89,5. Wir bekommen leider nichts mit an der Ball, Matomino. Wir haben gehört, unser Ressort laufen im Radio und im Fernsehen. Darf man das ignorieren? Muss man das ernst nehmen? Will man das diskutieren? Kredibilität liegt immer noch in weiter Ferne. Wir sind nicht Tokotronik und wir sind auch nicht die Sterne. Wir sind so wie wir This is Jesse McDougall for Tracks from Abroad, playing on CIUT 89.5 FM. Tracks from Abroad is a show where international students share music from their corner of the world. And in between the songs, we talk about their music, their culture, and whatever else feels right. This week, I am excited because we are doing a show on Germany with two special guests. The first guest is Hannah Wernick. I met her through political science at the University of Toronto, and she kindly brought a playlist of German music to Tracks from Abroad today. Our next guest in the second part of the show is going to be Stefan Soldivieri. He's a German professor at the University of Toronto, and in our interview we talk about biking, we talk about German cinema, and even talk about German mining. I'm really glad that we got to do a collaboration between the German department and Tracks from Abroad. So if you're interested in learning about what they have to offer to students, Hannah and Stefan are going to fill you in very soon about that. 
Now, these days in Toronto, it's getting much warmer and school is almost out at the university. But I'm going to be around Toronto for the entire summer. And if you think about it, that means there'll be 20 episodes of Tracks from Abroad from now until the next school year. That's 20 countries we get to cover, 20 places we get to visit. With all that out of the way, let's get to our interview with Hannah Wernick right here on Tracks from Abroad. Hannah, welcome to Tracks from Abroad. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So today is special because it's sort of a partnership between Hannah and me in the German department at the University of Toronto. Um, We have not done a show on Germany yet. So Hannah, talk about your connection to the country of Germany. Uh, So my mom is German. She was born and raised in Hamburg and then sort of made it. uh, She worked for a little bit in advertising in Switzerland and then decided to move to Canada um, to do sort of further studies where she met my dad. Um, I am not directly ethnically German. I am adopted, um, but I was able to obtain my German citizenship and uh, I'm now fully German. Learned German growing up, um, but coming to U of T, I realized that they had a really good German program. Um, when I was a first year, I placed out of all of their language courses. Um, so I decided to take a bunch of topic courses and literature and things like that, uh, which were really, really fun and sort of interesting because it was something, you know, as an 18 year old, you don't necessarily always think about um, sort of the big names in German literature and, and philosophy. Um, so that was something that I sort of delved into head first. Um, And I think throughout uh, the past three years of me at U of T, um, I've had the chance to look a little bit into that sort of um, historical aspect of Germany, but also a lot of contemporary stuff. I took a class last semester, uh, German 290, which is um, German in the global context, Mm. which was very related to my other field of study. Um, And the department has also allowed me to do tons of internships uh, and sort of opportunities around the city. Uh, So I've had a really good experience with them so far. Okay, cool. Now, internships, internships pertaining to German in Toronto, what what sort of things were you up to? The German department always runs sort of, um, they have an international language school partnership with, uh, it's a German speaking school. And it's so for, it's for uh, children of sort of recently um, immigrated German families, and they speak in German and learn German there. Um, So you can do placements there during the fall and winter semesters um, to really work in a classroom. There's also the UTS, uh, which is the University of Toronto Schools um, High School, which is a private school where you can also get placed to teach sort of high school beginner German. But they also over the summer have really cool programs where you can go to Berlin and Freiburg um, to do actual work there. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, a part of this show is obviously the music. We love to play music from around the world on tracks from abroad. So let's talk about the music that you brought to the show. Of course, the students bring their own playlists to tracks from abroad. So tell us a bit, Hannah, uh, what inspired you to pick the songs that you picked for your playlist? So I think um, when people think of German music, often they think of sort of big names. A lot of the times it's classical composers. Right. Uh, we know a ton of them, you know, Bach, Beethoven, a ton of them, just very household names if you've ever sort of listen to classical music. Um, And as much as I, of course, adore them as a student, I have all of them on my sort of study playlists. I think something that people don't necessarily know much about German music is that a lot of it is actually sort of this uh, very heavily 80s inspired synth pop, uh, which is something that just since the 80s has continued throughout um, the 90s, early 2000s. And now even uh, there's a lot of inspiration from that. Um, And I feel like that was something that I really wanted to feature. 
Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to get right into that music here on Tracks from Abroad. We want to thank Hannah for coming on the show, talking about Germany. And we'll be back right after the music very soon.
Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad. Today we are doing a show on Germany with Hannah Wernick. And Hannah, uh, you and I are both in this political science class, so we not only met online through the show, but then we met uh, in person. And what are you, what are the things that you study at U of T? Um, so I originally started at U of T, sort of, you know, fresh into my first year thinking I'm going to do international relations and political science and do a minor in German and sort of have my hand in everything. Um, and that plan quickly derailed. So I sort of decided to throw myself headfirst into both German and uh, political science. I was a double major for a little bit. Um, and then this year I just picked up a forestry course, Forestry 201, and fell in love with it. So I dropped my German major to a minor because I have already finished it and am now sort of delving a little bit, which is why we are in this sort of mutual political science class, mm -hmm. uh, because it talks a lot about sort of uh, ecology and um, 
forestry, which is really fun. That's right. Joe, people are probably curious. This is a course taught by Donald Kingsbury in uh, the political science department. Yeah, so it's all about mining and natural resource extraction and this sort of thing. And in the realm of political science, uh, we have a new chancellor in Germany, Olaf Scholz. And I want to ask you, what do you know about this guy? He's right now pretty well involved making some big decisions regarding Russia and Ukraine. What do you think of Olaf Scholz? Not going to lie, I'm not the biggest fan, but I also think I like, I sort of like where he is positioned politically in Germany. Um, as a lot of people probably know, there is this huge rise of sort of right wing populism in Germany, um, sort of in the, I guess, mid 2010s uh, with the Syrian refugee crisis and sort of this huge wave of anti-immigration, anti-sort um, of foreigner policy that people wanted to implement. Um, and I feel like Olaf Schutz, like he really walks a nice, relatively uh, even line between the two as to not sort of spark too many tempers. He's very sort of, you know, in the middle, which I like. We were just talking about the, the Berlin Wall falling down. I mean, the country is at the heart of huge uh, historical moments. So do you think Germans are, are very interested in politics? Um, I'm going to be real. I think they have to be. I think, you know, they're sort of very central geographically in Europe. It's just, you know, sort of a byproduct of where they live. They kind of have to be involved in politics and sort of be tuned in uh, to what's going on around them, because quite frankly, especially now, Germany has such political influence on the the world stage. So they really need, need to be involved and sort of um, care about what happens. Presently, the war between Ukraine and Russia is on everybody's mind. And uh, there have been some comparisons between uh, Germany during World War II and Russia now uh, during the war with Ukraine. Do you think uh, this position as an antagonizer, is this a fair or an accurate depiction of Russia now versus the way Germany was before? Um, I can definitely see it. Um, I think now more than ever, people can sort of see that, you know, the Second World War is still very much in living memory. And, you know, despite some people's attempts, I guess, to sort of hurry along that memory, um, people are still sort of remembering what, you know, what happens when you let um, certain people and certain certain powers bubble over. I think power does come from the people in many instances. And I'm really hoping that this is one of those instances. Right. And now millions of Ukrainians are being displaced and moving to the West across Europe. How is that affecting German politics and, and the discussion in Germany? Um, it's actually really interesting because I feel like a lot of the time when we think of sort of mass migration to Germany, you think of, you know, the Syrian refugee crisis and, and sort of a lot of um, more recent years, um, Middle Eastern and sort of Northern African refugees and migrants fleeing to Germany uh, and moving to Germany. Whereas this, you know, it's it's sort of right there. Ukraine is right there. And um, Ukraine is mostly... Um, a white nation. So I think the the sort of familiarity aspect for a lot of Germans isn't as jarring. It's not, you know, a lot of Ukrainians happen to be Christian and Germany is still a very um, sort of Christian country. And I know personally a couple of people um, through various sort of family connections who are contemplating and have taken in uh, Ukrainian refugees so far. So Wow. I just threw some pretty big questions at you, and, and you answered with flying colors, so good on you for that. Um, but Hannah, we are going to go back to your playlist of music and play some songs here on Tracks from Abroad. After the music break, we'll be back here with Hannah Wernick talking about Germany. Ich bin zu müde, um schlafen zu gehen. Ich möchte noch ein wenig reden. 
es nicht zuhören und auch nicht verstehen. Ich muss nur mit jemandem reden. Ich bin zu müde, um schlafen zu gehen. Für wen soll ich mich auch erholen? Ich weiß, es ist vier. Sie wollen jetzt gehen und gehen seit langem verstohlen. So sitz ich seit Jahren, hasse die Stille, liebe den Lärm, die schlaflose Nacht, erwarte den Tag mit ertrunkenen Gedanken, begegne der Frühschicht der Stadt, der Stadt, die erwacht. Lichtlose Nacht. Alleine das können wir immer noch sein. Zu zweit ist man niemals gewesen. Wir kennen uns nicht und erkennen uns doch. Sind Schatten der Schatten gewesen.
Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad. My name is Jesse McDougall, and we are with Hannah Wernick talking about Germany. Now, Hannah, the last song that we listened to, I know it has some political significance, came out in 1983. And tell us about it. What is this song? 99 Luftballons is um, a German song sung by the artist Nena. Um, and it is one of, if not one of the most um, sort of recognized and famous German songs um, known internationally. She also wrote an English version. And then if I'm not mistaken, some other languages, but I definitely know of the German and English ones. Um, and it's an anti-Cold War, an anti-war song. Um, it's sort of is one that I would describe as sort of, you know, rousing the youth, uh, making sure that people because that's sort of especially in the 80s is how um, a lot of people sort of came to a lot of these political movements is through their favorite artists, you know, taking stands, uh, voicing their opinions and sort of, you know, making a making a fuss about what really is not okay in the world. Um, in this case, it was the Cold War. And we've talked about some of the music trends in Germany with synth pop today. There's definitely an EDM wave. Um, but what music has dominated Germany Germany's charts in the past few decades? Um, so like I said, a lot of it tends to be sort of dance music. Um, I find because Europe is such uh, really easy travel between people, but also sort of cultures and music. And, you know, music is a very large part of that. So um, I find that not only is German music really popular in Germany, but also elsewhere in Europe, um, as well as sort of taking inspiration from other countries. So I've heard a lot of um, sort of really fun Spanish music in Germany, um, some French music, Belgian music. It's just, you know, very all over the place. Recently, I find that um, as much as, you know, pop is really popular, I think a lot of artists um, who are more 
sort of soulful and, and um, mellow. One of the ones that comes to mind is an artist named Zoe Weiss, um, sort of takes a lot of inspiration from well-known artist Louis Capaldi. And so there's a lot of sort of emphasis now, um, especially on more sort of emotional music, um, something that sort of speaks directly to the soul, if you will. Yeah, well, you know, as you're talking about Germany, you're reminding me um, of my experience in Germany. I went there, I think in 2017 for a week or two, and I stayed uh, with a, a family who sort of a high school to high school exchange and it was a very interesting experience i'll tell you i was in flensburg if you know that way up north in germany um but i had some really nice food and met some nice people and uh, when i went there i noticed there was quite a bit of underage drinking you know in germany and i think uh alcohol is sort of part of the culture is that so Definitely. I think it's, you know, the legal age is, I think, or to buy, I think, hard spirits is 18, but then you can drink and buy um, sort of beer and wine and things at 16. And, you know, you can start drinking at home pretty young. And uh, the culture is very, uh, again, because of this sort of village slash town mentality. If you go to a beer garden, very famous internationally beer gardens, you can send your eight-year-old just over to go buy beer for the table and, you know, people won't bat an eye because either they know you um, or sort of there's this communal trust that like, okay, well, the eight-year-old might not be drinking it. They might just be bringing it to the table of adults. Drinking culture has been heavy in Germany and continues to be so. I want to give you a chance just to talk about Germany overall, your your experience going to Germany, and then maybe you could talk about why a student would be interested in taking a course from the Department of German at U of T. Um, so I have had wonderful experiences, obviously. Um, being in Germany, it's one of my favorite places on earth. Um, just the the cultural the culture around um, sort of the relationship between uh, people and nature is something that's dearly important to me, and it's something that you can see in practice in Germany in many many cities, um, even these sort of bigger cities that I had mentioned Berlin and Hamburg and stuff. But I would absolutely jump at the chance to go to Germany. I know the German department also offers internships um, and and various excursions to go to Germany. Uh, if that tickles your fancy, you can do um, sort of tons of fun degrees. They have a German business degree. Um, they have the U of T German scholar degree where you could get to do an international experience with them. Um, so it's something that I would absolutely look into. I'm promoing the department hard because right now we're also in sort of recruitment. Um, we're looking for people because this is the first summer after COVID that we're hoping to send students to Germany. So if you have sort of some base level knowledge of German, um, you can apply and they'll match you. And a lot of the time, you know, the places um, that you've been matched with, the partners within the department um, that we have in Germany are in a variety of different interests um, and experiences. You could do something in sustainability and sort of farming and gardening, but you can also do stuff in business and in law. So it's kind of a very nice intersection between um, whatever your main field of study may be and also German. Terrific. If I was part of the uh, the Department of German Studies, I would be giving you a round of applause. That was a fantastic little promo uh, for the department. But in the past, you know, Tracks from Abroad has talked to the Caribbean Studies Department and now the German Department. And it's really fun to interface with these um, these professors at the university, not to mention the students as well. Hannah Warneck, thank you very much for coming on our show, Tracks from Abroad, and talking about Germany. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun to be here. Hallo, mein Schatz, ich liebe dich. Du bist die Einzige für mich. Die anderen find ich alle doof. Deswegen mach ich dir den Hof. Du bist so anders, ganz speziell. Ich merke sowas immer schnell.
und sagst, du liebst mich nicht. Ich die geringste Ahnung, was du bist. Wir kennen uns ja nicht. Und falls du doch den Fehler machst und dir nen Ehemann anlachst, mutiert ein Rosenkavalier bald nach der Hochzeit auch zum Tier. Dann zeigt er dann sein wahres sich ganz unrasiert und widerlich. Trink Bier, sieht fern und wird schnell fett und rutscht und furzt im Ehebett. Dann hast du King Kong zum Ehemann. Drum sag ich dir, bin bitte stets daran. Männer sind Schweine. That was our interview with U of T student Hannah Wernick. As you know, we do interviews with U of T students from all around the world every single week. Now let's get into my interview with Stefan Soldivieri. He is a U of T professor of German. Let's take a listen. So today we welcome Stefan Soldivieri to Tracks from Abroad. Stefan, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. Excited to talk to you about Germany. So earlier in the show, I did an interview with Hannah Warnick, who's a student, and I understand she does research with you in some capacity. Is that right? Yeah, um, Hannah's amazing, let me just say, right? She's one of our fantastic German students. And yeah, we know each other in a couple of different ways. Um, so she uh, did an internship uh, with a program we have in the German uh, department called iPracticum. She worked with a, um, an NGO in, in Germany. So we kind of know each other that way. And um, she is also one of our uh, Insta jockeys uh, for our Instagram uh, account um, in the German department. So she's one half of Shantana. Uh, so that's Hannah and Chantel. Uh, they run our Instagram um, feed. So yeah. So for any students listening, maybe they're in German, uh, in the German department, or maybe they're interested, but what sorts of programs are you offering this summer? Okay. So um, yeah, I'd love to talk about that because we really have some fast, fantastic and pretty unique um, opportunities. So our, our programs in, in Freiburg, which is in the southwest of Germany, if you know, down by Switzerland and France, and it's kind of known as uh, Germany's greenest city. So basically all of the, our partners do something in this area. Um, I was just uh, corresponding with one of our partners in Berlin this morning called Motion Lab. And Motion Lab is a maker space for um, urban mobility. Specifically, they make bikes. So they have you know all kinds of equipment there for actually making bikes. And um, we're going to have two students going to Berlin um, this summer uh, to work with them in different capacities. 
um, Jesse, I can talk for like six hours. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Time, so just stop me at any yeah, time. Yeah. But I'm really excited well, yeah, about it. This is to say there's many opportunities in the German department. And if any students are interested, you know, absolutely, you can contact Stefan. Uh, Stefan. Um, but Stefan, taking a step back, let's talk about your work at the University of Toronto. To my eye, it looks like you are involved in many different areas, the German department, but also the Monk School of the Environment. What do you do there? So, well, I mean, the Monk School is the, the School of um, uh, Global Affairs. We often have students, you know, in their programs and some of our graduate courses. So that's kind of my, my relationship, my relationship there. In our department, um, we have you know, research formations with graduate students and undergraduate students and faculty. And I'm running um, a lab. It's called in German Gelände Lab. And Gelände is kind of like the territory or area. And um, it's an environmental humanities lab. So I have a, a graduate student working on post-Chernobyl literature, um, another student in animal studies, and another student working basically on kind of representing the Anthropocene, like how are we imagining, you know, our impact on, on the earth, right? And not just global warming, but, you know, microplastics and, you know, all of these other impacts that we, that we have, um, especially, you know, over the last you know, 100 years. Certainly. What is it that got you into German? Are you originally from Canada or from Germany? And, and what is it that made you interested to, to be a German teacher? Um, oh, that's a that's a good question. So um, I was born in Germany, um, but I didn't live there very long, just a couple months. Uh, my parents met abroad, and um, I grew up mostly in in, uh, in the states. But I always know a bit of German, and when I went to university, um, I double majored in uh, German and uh, and zoology. Um, so I almost ended up uh, as a zoologist. Um, but a stay in Germany kind of changed my mind. I, I spent some time in Freiburg as an undergrad. And eventually, I decided to uh, to focus on, on on German studies instead of zoology. But I'm finding now, you know, in my career at the U of T, that I'm circling back to some of those things that interested me um, as an undergrad in zoology. Someone who knows a bit about the natural sciences um, and also the human the human sciences as well. When you first visited Freiburg as a young person, what does it feel like now to go back to that city? Has it changed at all? Is your view on the city changed? Well, it's changed a lot. It's still a smaller place. It's not like Berlin um, or Frankfurt or Munich. Um, but yeah, it has, has changed quite a bit. And it's, it's um, you know, back then it was also a pretty green place, but um, it is now really a, a hub, a center of, of uh, green technologies and, um, and sustainability in Germany. Um, one of the things that's really interesting that happened, you know, I went there for the first time in the 80s. Um, but in the meantime, there's a, there's a part of the city called Faubon, and that was an old uh, military barracks um, that was used by the French um, after the Second World War. They have great cycling infrastructure, they have water retention, they have solar, um, it's a pretty car-free area. I am absolutely a sucker for biking, so I'd love to get my way all the way over to Freiburg. Another thing I understand is that German has a pretty rich cinema scene. And you are interested in cinema. Can you talk about that? What is German film like? Um, well, I mean, German film is is very diverse, right? Uh, my own entry into German film was through East German cinema. Um, yeah. So I studied, um, you know, the cin cinema of the for former um, German Democratic Republic, um, the socialist uh, Germany um, before the fall of the Berlin Wall. So I was interested in issues of censorship and, and things like that. Um, these days, it's a very diverse cinema. Um, migrant cinema, uh, German-Turkish cinema or Turkish-German cinema. Uh, Fatih Akin is a really interesting filmmaker. Um, but, you know, there's a long, a long list. It's kind of hard to, 
Well, Stefan, we're going to take a short break of Canadian German music made by Canadians of German descent. We'll be back with you on Tracks from Abroad. Dancing your way right across the room with that same song on repeat. Like I've seen you do a thousand times, a girl you never miss a beat. I don't know how you do it, but whatever you're doing to me, we're doing it again. Drive me crazy, make me sexy without a sip. Do it again, rock me, baby, rub me all night on me with your kiss. You know. No 
Here's a reminder that you can find all of the track listings for every show on tfa.radio on Instagram. Now back to my interview with Stefan. On a different note, Stefan, today we are, of course, thinking very much about the war between Russia and Ukraine. And Germany has an interesting role in this conflict, which is that there's a pipeline in between Russia and Germany, which serves one quarter of Germans' natural gas consumption and oil uh, as well. And so there's a debate going on whether Germany should try to turn off that source of energy, you know, suffer some setbacks um, economically, but strip Russia of that uh, of that revenue. Yeah, I mean, it's a really um, it's a really important issue, and I think uh, Germany could be doing more, right? Um, and Germany is actually in a great position to do more because of the investments that they made in renewables, right? So I find it a bit disappointing that um, they haven't moved more quickly to do that, especially since you know after Fukushima they decided to move away from from nuclear, and they've made a lot of and. Uh, investments in getting away from coal, although they're still reliant on coal in, in some in some ways. So it would be, it would be yeah, I think, uh, as I said, I think Germany's in, actually in a very good position to do that. And um, if you want to find, try to find a positive spin on this situation, you know, ideally we'd see a quicker move to uh, renewables because it's, you know, clear not only what the environmental impacts are, but they're also, you know, geo, geopolitical considerations, right? It's not great to be dependent on Russian oil or anybody's oil. It's better to have a much more decentralized um, uh, energy system anywhere, right? Not just in not just in Germany. Yesterday, I saw a post in Belgium during, I think, the Second World War. There was a mandated, you, you couldn't drive your car, you had to bike on Sundays, I believe. So everybody across the city was biking and it was sort of like a big active TO, if you can imagine that. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people actually remember these times, right? Remember the oil crisis back in the 70s? Um, you know, I can remember my dad standing out in front of the house and catching a ride. It was a license plate system. I, I forget. I think it was maybe if your license plate ended in an odd number, we all managed. The contradiction about Germany, right? I mean, Germany has done a lot of great things in terms of sustainability and efficiency and developing wind, especially and solar. Um, but they also consume a lot of energy and they love their cars, right? I mean, it's an industrialized nation and they're using way, way too much energy. Like we all are in Canada is really not a great example here one of the top two um, emitters um, globally. So, you know, I think that Germany really has to get a handle on their car culture, right? Um, yeah. We like to talk about German recycling and, you know, great um, public transport and the renewables, but, um, you know, they're still using a lot of energy and driving these big cars, these big powerful cars, right? Sure. Um, I suppose Canada has um, mining, Germany also has mining. Uh, you know, in the film Anthropocene, uh, directed by Jennifer Bashwal, a Torontonian, um, they show, you know, German towns being just ravaged in order for pit mines to be dug. Why is that okay in Germany? And 
what are people reacting to that? Um, well, I mean, I think most people don't think it's okay in Germany anymore, right? Um, and those those minds are being closed. Um, but you're right. I mean, there's a protest movement against um, this this pit mining, this mining of uh, brown coal or lignite coal in Hambach um, and Litzerath and a lot of other places where, as you rightly said, entire towns are being wiped out by these pit mines. But I think that's, you know, I think people realize that that's not the future. And, um, you know, the protests have gotten a lot of um, a lot of press, especially the one around Hambach, because there's a very important old small now uh, forest there called the Hambacher Forest. Um, and protesters have been living in tree houses there. And there's a lot of support. Um, in Canada, unfortunately, you know, with the, with the tar sands, uh, not having, uh, not enough is being done to make that transition to, to renewables. On the contrary, there's money for technologies like carbon capture that will probably only increase um, our emissions in Canada. So uh, we're not moving in the direct, right direction right now in, in Canada on that. For somebody who's interested in traveling to Germany, can you describe the allure of the country? What is it like to go there? Do they have some food that we might enjoy eating? And musically, what sort of music does, does Germany have to offer? Germany is a, a great place to, to visit um, you know, as, as a tourist. You know, when I go with my family, we usually go to um, visit family in, in the Black Forest around Freiburg for, you know, for the hiking. And the nice thing about Germany is you're never far from a nice place to uh, have a beer and, and get a snack if you're hiking, right? You know, everybody knows about Berlin being a techno and, and clubbing hotspot. It's still like that and a great place to, to go if you like that, that kind of music. Let's see, yeah, I, it's so funny because I, I rarely go as a tourist anymore. I have, uh, you know, I have family there um, and, uh, and work there. Um, I usually split my time between uh, Berlin, Berlin and Freiburg. Sorry, I'm not answering this question very well now. <laughs> not to worry, not to worry. Stefan, I want to thank you for coming on Tracks from Abroad. Thank you for sharing about the country of Germany. I'm sure, Jesse, and uh, thanks for doing the show. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing this episode come out and, and once in the future. Well, that's going to wrap up both of our interviews today with Hannah Wernick and also Stefan Soldivieri. I hope you enjoyed this 23rd episode of Tracks from Abroad. Today was on Germany. And to end the show, we have one of my favorite songs, which is by Peter Schilling. It's called Major Tom. The song has a long introduction, so I thought to myself, why don't I put some comedy on the top of it? So we're going to play the 1994 satirical television show, The Day Today. And they are, of course, making fun of the German language. You know what they say, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. You've been listening to CIUT 89.5 FM. This is Tracks from abroad. We'll see you next week. When I spoke to Finance Minister Reinhardt earlier today, he said he didn't like the deal, but he had to go along with it. Really? You spoke to him yourself. You managed to pin him down. He's a pretty tricky man, isn't he? That's right. Where did you get hold of him? He was in the hotel. And you conducted a conversation with him about the quota rates? That's right. He said he didn't like it, but he had to go along with it. What language did you conduct this conversation in, Peter? German. So what's the German for 30%? Trenta percenta. Dreizig percent. Yes. And what about that quote you attributed to him? I don't like it, but I'll have to go along with it. That's what he said. Ich nichten lichten. Presumably you mean rufen Sie ein Taxi bitte, sonst verpassen meinen Flug. Yes. No, you don't, Peter, because that means get me a taxi, I'm late for my plane. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Did you speak to the German finance minister about the new deal this afternoon? No. Peter, thank you. Standing there the ship is waiting, all systems are going. Are you sure? Control is not convinced. But the computer has the evidence.
Kedu, a humble Somachi from Nigeria. I need to get tracks from abroad. CIUT 89.5 FM.